Hello and welcome to the Journal of Isakos podcast. These podcast episodes are made by the Journal's social media editors, Dr. Manos Berglakis and Professor Andreas Vos. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily express the views of the society or the journal. My name is Manos Berglakis from Igia Hospital of Athens, Greece. And in this episode, we will discuss with Dr. Joshua Harris from Houston Methodist Hospital at Houston, Texas, senior author of an article recently published in GISACOS. The title of this article is Patient Reported Outcome Score Utilization in Arthroscopic Hip Preservation. We are all doing it differently, if at all. And even if it referred to the hip arthroscopy, It discusses a topic that is very interesting to every field of orthopedics, the data collection from patients in order to evaluate the outcome of our methods, of our techniques. Hi, Joshua. Thank you for being here in uh, this uh, podcast episode. Thank you for accepting our invitation and be with us. Thank you. It's my pleasure to join you. I would like to ask you, I want to congratulate for this article. It's very, very clever idea and very, uh, very well written and well uh, read uh, article. Uh, which, is, which was your motivi- motivation for uh, con- conducting this study? Yeah, so uh, thank you for uh, the kind words on our paper. Um, several years ago, uh, when I first started my practice, which was in 2013, Um, I'd been exposed to clinical research, to basic science research, to translational research, and uh, my passion, my interest was primarily clinical research. And I'd seen that in my orthopedic surgery residency at Ohio State. Uh, I had seen that in my sports medicine fellowship at Rush University Medical Center in Chicago. And uh, when I came to Houston, I knew that I wanted clinical research to be a part of my practice. And as my clinical practice uh, became more focused to just hip preservation surgery, um, I wanted to collect my outcomes. And so um, it was hard to figure out which outcome I wanted to collect because in the literature, there are so many different outcome scores available. It's hard to know which one is the best, uh, which ones are properly developed, their reliability, their responsiveness, and especially their validity. And in hip preservation, As hip preservation is such a rapidly growing specialty within orthopedic surgery, um, there are so many different outcome scores and um, it was hard for me to figure out which one I should use for my practice. And so what we did was we did a survey of all the high volume hip preservation surgeons uh, across the world. We looked at ISHA, uh, we looked at ISACOS, we looked at the uh, American Orthopedic Society for Sports Medicine, and we looked at the Arthroscopy Association of North America, and we saw just what high volume surgeons were using. Um, this was level five evidence. It was expert opinion. And so based on what others were using, I was hoping to then integrate that into my practice. And so that was my motivation for doing it, uh, was to figure out what was currently being done. What should I do in my practice to collect my outcomes? I think uh, this can be referred to all the orthopedic, uh, orthopedic uh, sub-specialities, not only for hip preservation. And uh, I think Every clinical orthopedic has the same um, concerns about uh, what to collect, how to collect, and, and probably how to, to translate this. Uh, and uh, how you translate your results, which is your, the, the key point of your, of your study. 
Yes, yeah, so we found that uh, surgeons used a wide variety. It was over two dozen patient-reported outcome scores. And so these are, these are subjective patient-reported outcomes. So these are subjective PROs. And when there were over two dozen of them, we found that the most common was the modified Harris HIP score. And then that was followed by the HIP outcome score. And so those two uh, were nearly 50% for each. And so about half of orthopedic surgeons that we surveyed were using this in their practice. And so that's what I did. And so that's what I uh, started to use in my practice. And uh, at the time, I didn't have an electronic database. I didn't have an electronic medical record that I could use. And so I simply collected paper forms. And so um, they were used uh, in manila, manila envelopes and uh, they, you know, very rapidly uh, accumulated thickness in my office. And so um, after about a year and a half to two years, we had moved over to an electronic medical record. And uh, the EMR in and of itself was a challenge to learn how to use and navigate. Um, and it took about a year and a half for me to try to get research integrated into our clinical EMR. And the difficulties with that then prompted me to use an electronic research system. And so um, at the time, the promise scores um, started to become more common and um, the wealth of knowledge that still exists with the modified Harris HIP score and with the HIP outcome score, uh, I wanted to just choose one just because, you know, questionnaire fatigue uh, for patients when they get bombarded with so many different questionnaires, the likelihood of compliance significantly decreases. And so uh, I chose just the HIP outcome score and I started to integrate a VAS pain score, a satisfaction score, a global health and a physical function through our promise score. And that's how I've translated it to my practice. And now that it's no longer on paper forms and it's with an electronic research database, the data analysis is significantly easier. Perfect. I think uh, many surgeons, many orthopedic surgeons uh, can see their, uh, their um, concerns and their thoughts in uh, in the, in all the words that you said just uh, just now, thirty uh, percent of your, of the of the hip preservation surgeons not collect any data. How you comment on this? <laughs> yeah. So um, this was uh, clearly a selection bias with who we chose. Uh, I was surveying surgeons who are very likely to be academically inclined and to collect patient reported outcome scores, and so. You know, when we saw that that number of surgeons weren't collecting any scores, I think that should prompt as um, hopefully an impetus to actually start collecting their scores and whether that be objective clinician reported data such as range of motion or strength or radiographic evidence from plain radiographs or MRI or CAT scan or ultrasound, surgeons really should collect data. And I think especially for a young field like hip preservation, we are learning more and more about our techniques, our equipment, our implants, um, for the uh, importance of the morphology correction with cam and pincer and subspine, um, and labral preservation, repair and reconstruction versus debridement, the importance of capsular management, and that's just in the hip joint alone. That's not even really discussing um, kind of the next frontier in hip arthroscopy, which is the extra articular spaces, such as the peritrochanteric space and the deep gluteal space with hamstring and sciatic nerve and gluteal repairs. And so um, I think that those areas, in order for us to really figure out if we're doing a good job for our patients, we need to collect these outcomes. And so hopefully those surgeons that we surveyed, and actually, you know, this was actually several years ago when we actually did this survey, it was in 2015. I'll bet if we repeated the survey today, 
the number of surgeons um, that aren't collecting scores, I hope that number decreases and I hope we get more participation from surgeons and really show that collecting outcomes should be a part um, of any busy clinician's practice, especially in hip preservation. Okay, I think so. Uh, and uh, why do, we, you, do you believe that there is a, such an heterogeneity? Uh, it is the aim of, the, of every surgeon. Uh, does the collection, the, the collection method uh, matters to this? Uh, it's play a role to this heterogeneity. What do you believe? Yeah, so for the collection method, um, that's incredibly important. And uh, I didn't realize how important that was until I was in practice uh, on my own. And if you have limited staff and you have limited resources, um, whether that be personnel or financial, the collection method you want to make as easy and efficient and uh, basically automated as possible. The more automatic it is, the more likely the patients are to complete their forms. And so um, I think electronic really has to be the way that you do it just because of the ease of data analysis. And if you have a research coordinator or a research assistant uh, or someone in your office that can help administer that and stay on top of it to ensure that patients remain compliant, um, it's, it's almost a necessity because Patients get bombarded with not only healthcare emails, but I mean, our lives are so electronic nowadays that spam filters will oftentimes send research questionnaire forms to a spam filter and the patients may not even be aware that they're six months out from their operation or they're 12 months out from their operation. And if they don't get a reminder phone call from a research coordinator or administrator, um, they may miss that. And if you really drop your compliance and your compliance decreases, then the value of your research um, significantly drops as well. And if you're interested in publishing, most journals nowadays uh, require a minimum of one year of follow-up and preferred at least two years of follow-up uh, with at least 80% of your patients. And so if you miss out on early outcomes at either six months or 12 months, that can really affect your compliance enough that it, it, it's relatively worthless. And so. I think that um, staying on top of it with an electronic, efficient system um, with at least one dedicated um, research assistant can really help ensure that you're going to get uh, good compliance. Okay. And uh, do you believe that the aim of every surgeon uh, in collecting data is different and this affects the heterogeneity? I'm sorry, could you repeat that, please? Yes. The, the aim of uh, of each surgeon, uh, the aim of someone to to collect the data, the, the scope, does affect the does affect this heterogeneity. Yeah, so that's a that's a terrific insightful point um, because everyone has different motivations for why they want to collect their scores. And I think as a surgeon, um, you want to make sure, number one, that you're doing a good job for your patients. So I think clinical outcomes really underscore everything that you would want to look at beyond that. And so I think clinical outcomes and ensuring that you're doing a good job for your patients is primary, first and foremost, number one. Number two, it probably depends on your practice. And so um, if you're seeing younger patients that are more athletic, you wanna make sure that you use outcome scores. They're gonna avoid a ceiling effect in which they focus more on return to sport. And so, um, and it also depends on what sport they return to. You're gonna wanna focus more on their function and their activity scores versus 
potentially a more sedentary population or an older population or more of an arthroplasty population, you're gonna look at different types of scores that avoid more of a floor effect. And so um, it depends on who your patients are. Um, it also depends on your intervention. So if you're doing a practice that is primarily arthroscopic and you're not doing any open surgery or you're not doing any arthroplasty surgery, um, that's really gonna gear your patient reported outcome scores to more arthroscopic uh, PROs. If you're gonna do more open hip preservation surgery such as surgical dislocation or periacetabular osteotomy or femoral derotational osteotomy, then I think you're gonna wanna choose scores that can apply to all, both the arthroscopic and the open. But if you're doing an arthroplasty practice in addition to an arthroscopic practice, which here in the US is pretty uncommon, um, but if you're doing both of those, then you're gonna wanna have an outcome score that can be applied to both sets of patients. So you can have a like-to-like -like or an apples-to-apples -apples comparison, and there are very limited scores, and I think the modified Harris-Hip score really does have a track record for that, and the hip outcome score is more of a younger patient score, but um, the HAGO score, um, your WOMAC score, really apply to both arthritic and non-arthritic conditions. And so that's where I think it really depends on your patient population and the intervention that you're doing um, to really be able to make comparisons across those different patient uh, populations. Perfect. Do you believe that there are, um, there are differences when assessing the, the data collected uh, from the, the impression that have some surgeon about this practice? Do you believe that the, the data collected, the, the results, the prompts that the results that they collect can affect the, his, its practice, his practice? Very much so. Um, because this is something that you can see if you've made a, tra uh, you know, a change in your technique or a change in your equipment, or you've uh, moved from not closing the capsule to closing the capsule, or you are correcting the cam where previously you didn't, um, if you're making a big change in your practice and you can see your outcome scores change, um, hopefully for the positive, then um, hopefully that's something that you will then embrace and you'll start to incorporate more. And hopefully other surgeons that may or may not practice hip surgery, whether that be knee surgery or spine surgery or shoulder surgery, they can do the same. And so um, I definitely think that's something that can change your practice, I think for your hospital or for your group um, or for your locality or your region, it can also be used as somewhat quality control and then comparison across surgeons. And um, that's a, um, a competitive motivation, but hopefully that competition can hopefully strive for improvement in our techniques and ultimately improvement in our outcomes. And so that quality control measure um, can really help from a hospital perspective. Um, one other uh, issue, you know, especially in the US, we're really focused on the value of the care that we provide right now. And so if we're doing two different techniques um, and one um, and they achieve the same patient reported outcome, but one is at a lower cost, then obviously that's something that can really improve the value of the care that we provide for our society. Thank you. And uh, which is the take home message from your uh, study? Yeah, so the take home message from our study, I think is really that there is a very large heterogeneity patient reported outcome scores that we collect in hip preservation surgery. So um, what I would hope is that for all of the different societies, um, whether it be um, Issacos, whether it be Isha, 
or ANA or AOSSM or the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, I think we should come together as a group and really hopefully assimilate our outcome scores to really identify which ones are the best, which ones have had a traditional track record which we can use that historical data and can really hopefully put all of our scores together because we may find that certain surgeons or certain patients or certain um, surgical techniques really have the optimal outcome and then if we're all using the same outcome score it can allow us to then figure out which one is the best to provide for our patients and so um, I, I definitely would hope for some um, congruity and some similarity across um, different regions across different countries across different continents uh, for our arthroscopic hip preservation surgery community that we can all come together and find the, the similar outcome scores that can be used for our patients Joshua, thank you very much for your participation. We appreciate it and uh, keep up uh, doing the good job. Thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, it was my pleasure participating today and thank you very much. Find more details in gisakos.bmj.com. Follow the Journal of Isakos in social media. You are encouraged to post your comments in the journals Facebook and Twitter pages. This was Dr. Emmanuel Brilakis from IHEA Hospital in Athens, Greece, on behalf of the Journal of Isakos. Until next time, goodbye to everyone.